0: Bobby Payne, and welcome to our two part episode on worship. Today, we are discussing worship as warfare. And just to stay consistent, because I've messed it up in the past, we're going to say this is episode 17A today. Um, I think I counted right now, so we're on 17A. And with me today are Pastors Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome.
1: Hey, it's good to be Thank here, you. sir. Glad, Glad to, to have here.
0: everybody here with me today. <laughs> Thankful for you guys to continue to show up or else I'd just be sitting in here by myself and it <laughs> wouldn't be, be near as great. Still be a very yeah, good no, child. no, no, no. I'd listen. <laughs> Maybe just because you love me. That's no. all. that's right. Gary's like, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. <laughs> I'm, trying just, not, I'm trying not to breathe into my <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, that. It's the little shorting. things. It's the it gift.
0: Is. Yeah, It mm-hmm. is. Well, guys, we are talking about a great topic over the next two episodes, and it is worship. And we've split it up. And like I said just a minute ago, we're going to start with worship is warfare. And so, um, Aaron, I'm going to send it straight off to you to discuss kind of what that looks like and what we mean by that. And we'll get started.
1: Sure. This worship being warfare goes beyond our public gathering. As the church uh, but it doesn't it doesn't happen without it okay at the same time so saying worshiping and worship is warfare is the proclamation of Christ's lordship in every area of life and the reason why it's warfare is because his enemies don't take that lightly right Uh, we have and we'll get into this after a bit but we have an enemy who hates us and we've, we've went through the world the flesh and the devil but Proclaim, proclaiming Christ's lordship is not something that it takes sitting down. And so what we must understand is in each and every area of life, every walk of life, every facet of our life, uh, worship is warfare. And for us to engage the world for the glory of Christ in the correct way, uh, we must understand the war that we're in.
0: Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah I think, Johnny, you've got some, some verses from the Old Testament that you're going to kick us off with here.
3: Yeah, I think one of the places that we can see this and we even talked a little bit about this uh, beforehand amongst ourselves is in the in the passage in Joshua chapter 6. You have if you remember Israel is coming out of the wilderness and going into the promised land and God is delivering uh, the enemies of that are still in the promised land into the Israelites hands and uh, this is coming off of the place where, remember, there's spies sent in to the promised land. They come back they're like, those people were, you know, they would kill us. They would absolutely destroy us. And uh, Joshua and Caleb rightfully stand up and say, no, look, the, the Lord's said that this is our land. And so when they finally get the Kurds, the generation dies off and they're walking into the land. Once again, Joshua, now the commander of Israel, assures the Israelites that, Look, God is going to deliver all the peoples into our hands. This is the land that He's promised us. You know, you have the Parasites, the Jebusites, all the all the Ites, and <laughs> and they they get to Jericho. And you know, we were kind of talking about this. We could sing the the song, but I don't think we want to. If we want, oh, come on. If we want to keep a couple oh, of the God. listeners. Okay, well, okay well. only <laughs> Bobby can do it because he's the worship leader here. But <laughs> Uh, We were going to teach it to G and let him lead, but we decided not to. (laughs) But it's such a, remember, it's like such a weird battle strategy, right? Like they have these huge walls. So, you know, most people think, well, let's get a battering ram or, you know, whatever we might do to be able to climb the walls and get into the city and defeat them. And the Lord says, you're going to march around the city for six days. (laughs) And then on the seventh day, you're going to march around. uh, I believe it's six times on the seventh you're going to have a loud shout after some trumpets and the walls are going to tumble down. And, and yeah. I kind of just, just imagine being in that um, battle room there and discussing strategy and everyone like, okay. You know, yeah. and, and they do this because the battle is the Lord's. He, he is delivering them into, into their hands. And so we see just from the get-go right there how worship uh, through whatever we do, is, is relinquishing, uh, basically controlling of ourselves and then exalting God as the savior that he is. Mm. And so I believe what we see in, in that passage, uh, two things among many things is worship is saying, God's got this and I don't. And so I'm going to worship him and no one else because God fights the battle and wins the battle. And you, we can see this in other texts. Ultimately we see it in Jesus, destroying the enemy on his cross and in his resurrection. And then we also see that worship helps us remove the spotlight of exalting ourselves and putting it on God. You know, we, we live in an age where we're the ones who save. We think, oh, I can, if I do this, if I do these three steps, then I can be okay. You know, if you do this, this, and that, then you'll finally arrive. And we have plenty of self-help books that are supposed to make people good people or, you know, become a better you. But what we need to understand is self doesn't need help. Self needs to die. We need to see Jesus who is the author and perfecter of faith. And so worship helps remove, you know, in that battle strategy, it's not how good of a warrior are you? It's how strong and powerful is your God? Trust that he's the one who's going to knock down those walls. And he did. Yeah. I I think it's interesting when we use the word worship,
0: our minds automatically go to what you do on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. And what we're here to say is that is part of it. That is not all of it. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Right. That's where we come together collectively, you know, in worship at a church, which is why it's so important what you say when we sign off every time, you know, find a church for teaching of the scriptures and for worship. Um, Because it is, it's the battle cry that we sing together. Psalms, Hymns and spiritual songs are our war songs. You know, they we're proclaiming truth about Christ in song, and we're and we're commanded to do so. I mean, we we have an entire book of the Bible that is just songs, victory songs, uh, and psalms. All the, all these psalms that God has given us for every kind of situation that we will face, and we're to sing them to our holy God. And so, as we go out, I think one of the keys that we must understand what we see in the. And the references Johnny gave, and I believe that will come on uh, here in just a moment, is we must do so uh, not, un, not just uh, brassly, but at the same time unapologetically. Um, not apologizing for what the truth of the scriptures say, but speaking the truth in love with all that we have, understanding and standing on the foundations that we have, knowing that that's the only foundation there truly is, exposing the foolishness of our enemies and leading them and pointing them to the Lordship of Jesus. So what we, what we must understand is not not just in our minds, like we do at church where people would all say yes, but understanding it goes everywhere, and that is the fact that Jesus is Lord. Like, not, not just in word, right, but in truth. And what we have is a foundation, again, that is sure. If we don't stand upon that, we have nothing to move forward in. So this this leads us to be brave. This leads us to be bold, in proclaiming the truth. Understanding that this is the only hope of lost humankind.
0: Yeah, let me read something from Second Corinthians that Paul wrote, and uh, and then I think Gary's got something to follow that up. It says, "I'm starting again." Second Corinthians chapter ten, um, in verse three, it says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh." but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete.
2: Amen. Um, What I would say to that is the first thing we need to know about worshiping. worship as warfare is um, who are you worshiping? Um, We worship, as Aaron just said, Jesus is Lord. We worship Lord here in, in Chapel. We worship God, um, the Sovereign God of this universe, and uh, knowing that we worship God, um, well, how do, how do we worship God? Well, we we worship God individually, and we worship God corporately. Individually, you know, at home, uh, in our workplace, um, in school, uh, where we. Uh, 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 going to the mall wherever it is uh, we worship God everything we're doing we're worshiping God we, uh, we worship God uh, through prayer uh, through reading of God's word um, the way we interact with others uh, the, um, do we proclaim the gospel to others are we showing our light uh, to others wherever we go um, and everything we're doing uh, we need to be aware that we are it's a form of worship to the Lord Um, and in so doing, as Johnny said, uh, God is the one who fights our battle. When we pray, when we, um, are obedient to the Lord, uh, that's, uh, another form of worship, being obedient to the Lord, uh, that those, that's us submitting to a sovereign God Mm -hmm. that he is in charge and that he is the one who fights our battles for us. Mm -hmm. We need to do our part. Reading God's Word, um, praying to God, and being obedient—that's that's that's what we need to be doing. That's our part.
0: So, excuse me. So, what I'm hearing, just right off the bat, multiple times, is that our our acts of worship, whatever that looks like, is like I said a moment ago, not just singing songs, which is great, which is one of my top favorite ways to, work. I love to yeah. sing, right? We love music. Our church is great at worship here, um, but it extends beyond that, first off. And the second thing that I'm seeing uh, throughout this is that it is not um, just about what I'm doing but and my thoughts and how I want to worship God, but it's actually kind of aligning, I guess would be the right mm-hmm. word, aligning myself with uh, the one that we are worshiping.
1: yeah, amen. I mean it this falls in line with our discussion on prayer that that's out. you know, um, prayer is asking God's will like you know like we've we've said many times and then asking anything you will because uh, his will be done. And so if God has showed us in his word how he um, how he prescribes to be worshipped, then we must follow his prescription, right? If we want to worship, in spirit and truth. And, and we'll talk about that, I think, in the next episode some. But, but this carries into every area of life, like we've said. But at the same time, it must begin at the church. It must begin at the church. We must send people out with the foundation that worship is not simply what we do in these walls. And I, I know you mentioned it at the beginning, Bobby. Um, I think most people would say, again, in their minds, they understand that, But I think for a lot of us, something turns off when we run outside of these four walls. It's like Jesus's lordship is abandoned now because there's people who don't believe in him outside these walls. And that's all the more important that we teach not only our kids, our families, um, but ourselves that we we soak in the idea of his lordship goes everywhere. It starts in the church. So you need to have that foundation where you could go to recharge, to go out for the battle each week. And then it's got to be in the family. There has to be a consistent message in your home that Jesus is Lord here too. So this is the second place that we move to. We move into the home. And then we go out. We go into our relationships, into our work, um, even with our enemies, um, mm-hmm. into politics. All of these areas where so many Christians like to like disengage and just say, well, you know, this is secular, so this is how we'll act. And we follow the rules of the world. And what we would say is, no, we proclaim Christ's Lordship in all of these areas. We hold you to the standard of the scriptures. And if you can't meet it, then this is just crying out to you for the fact that you need a savior.
3: Yeah. We're reminded in Second Corinthians 5 that as as Jesus has saved us and transformed us, we're, remember it says the oldest passed away, behold, the new has come. And then the next verses talk about how God has now made us ambassadors for Christ, Mm -hmm. that God's making his appeal for the world to be reconciled back to him through us. And so no good ambassador of a king goes into another kingdom and denies the kingship of his king (laughs) in order to satisfy the kingdom that he's in. Mm -hmm. He's going and saying, my king says this, Mm -hmm. and we know that our king, you know, as we prayed beforehand, he, is he's putting everything underneath his feet. There's one more enemy yet to be put under his feet, which is death. And that day is coming. Mm-hmm. And we know that. And so we're going into all the world as an act of worship, saying our king rules and reigns, and our king is good and kind, and he is making his appeal for you to be reconciled to him now. Mm-hmm. And we're going because we know that there is coming a day, as Philippians 2 says, where every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. So if that day comes, we're, we're praying and and appealing to everyone in every arena of life, bow the knee. Now you will one day, um, whether it's this side of heaven or not, you will bow the knee. Uh, but if you don't do it now, you will do it then. And it will be not by surrender. It'll be by complete and total submission Mm -hmm. and, you will bow knowing that who who he is and you will still be in rebellion to him forever. And that's not a place you want to be. It's a scary and saddening for us place that people will spend the rest of their eternities.
1: Well, well yeah. Le- Landon was asking the other day, he said, dad, what, when we're talking to someone about Jesus and they say that they don't believe the Bible, what do we say to them? And I said, well, we use the Bible <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It, it it does not matter what you feel about the Bible. It doesn't change the truth of it. No. We stand upon it because it's the Bible. Well, I don't believe that. Well, okay, Genesis 3 says this. You know, we, we continually uh, push the Bible and push the Scriptures, not because we're, we're blind faith fools, but because without it, there is absolutely no foundation for life. Yeah. You cannot make, make sense of creation and, and anything without the word of God. So we stand upon it regardless of what our enemies would say back into their disbelief on what it is.
3: Yeah. It, one, it, one act of worship is swinging the sword of the spirit. You know? don't put away your sword. <laughs> right? <six>. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't put it away is like we said, if we've said before, if someone comes to rob you and you pull a gun on them and they say, I don't believe in guns, you don't put that away and be like, okay, we'll fight according to your rules. Mm-hmm. You go, well, This gun's true, no matter what you believe about it. It's the same way with the Bible. Why would you put it away just because someone doesn't believe it's true? We know it's true. We know that God is, that's how he's revealed himself. We wouldn't put that away. And we know that the spirit moves by the sword. And so we're going to proclaim it uh, in every avenue of life.
1: Our belief isn't dependent on how other people feel.
3: Yeah. yeah, and we say... We or say, how we feel. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was... With.
0: We say all the time, just because what you think of Jesus means something doesn't change who He is, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I do want to make a, a statement here uh, because we have in the past uh, talked about prayer as being a defense mechanism, but I would go to say even also worship uh, is a defense mechanism that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, could use to remove distraction, to... Um, avoid distraction or temptation by the enemy, the three enemies that we just talked about a few episodes ago, Um, we are able to use that worship uh, to help us. Not only is it aligning us to um, the will of God, our chief, our commander going into these battles, but it's also a defense mechanism that we're able to use just like prayer is.
3: Yeah, I would even say that it is definitely a defense mechanism, but it's also an attacking. Absolutely, uh, it, it's what we use to engage the world. And so I think of like acts, uh, when, when the church is being established, you know, you have, um, you have Peter and John uh, healing someone being charged for that healing. And they're saying, look, if you're asking about a kind deed done to a man, we want you to know that it was done in the name of Jesus Christ. And they it says that they knew that they were common, uneducated men, but they knew that they knew that they had been with Jesus. And later on in Acts it says that these men were turning the world upside down and uh they're even trying to figure out how this is going how they can stop this. And one of their own leaders, one of the religious leaders at the time says, Look, if it's of men, it's gonna fade. But if it's of God, it cannot be stopped. And so our worship, which is pointing to who God is and what he has done and what he is doing in the world, we trust that if it's of God, no matter what man tries to do, it will not stop it. It is, it is like the, it's the battering ram that gets into the gates uh, because our God is more powerful than any any defense that could be set up against him.
0: Amen. I do want to make another, excuse me, another Old Testament reference here just because it does show uh, worship as the use almost on the offensive uh, for the battle. And it's also got some really funny imagery if you do it in light of our worship team here at church. And I can say this because I mean, um, I'm on the worship team, so uh, so if we go back to the Old Testament in Second Chronicles, um, chapter 20, and, and I would encourage you to read. I'm just going to kind of pick through a couple of the verses just to to give you an idea. But what's happening is um, we've got Jehoshaphat, or however you'd like to say it. Um, we've got his prayer, and and we what we've got going on is the enemy is raging war with him and his people. And so um, let's just think about this for a second. And, and there's going to be a test to see if they actually listen to our podcast, by the way, because uh, let's just imagine, if you know our people, uh, what happened is, the, is Jehoshaphat sent the worship team to the front lines. Like the, the worship team went in front of the guys who were going to fight. Okay, so let's just take a second here and take a step back. And so we're going to send Alex and we're going to send Luke up there. Right. Now, now, we could send Dawson, right? We could send Dawson and Lexi, and, and I, I feel pretty confident in those. But what he did was he sent that worship team up front, and, and with singing and, and praising and worship, they were heading off to battle in front of the real frontline fighters. Well, when they got there, um, there was no battle because uh, in God's sovereign plan uh, to do this and to take care of this, he had turned the enemies against one another. And so there was not even a battle to fight. Um, but what you see is that worship that that these people were doing in order to approach this battle, this war that was going on. And uh, and, and God worked the way that God works and, and there was no battle to be had. And so that's just another example. And, and, and I'm sorry to those who um, I would not want on the front line. Uh, Alex, I love you. <laughs> uh, Luke, I love you. I mean, I, you wouldn't want me on the front line either, if if we're being honest. Okay, yeah. I'm fragile. Yeah. Um, but but we see it again: worship as a part of not only a defense mechanism, but an, an offensive mechanism mm-hmm. to an offensive mechanism to to fight those those battles.
1: Amen. Psalm, Psalm eighty nine says, "You breached all his walls. You have laid his strongholds in ruin." Uh, Psalm ninety four. But the Lord has become my stronghold and my refuge. Uh, God is the rock of my and my refuge. And then look at Proverbs ten twenty nine. It says, "The way of the Lord is a stronghold to the blameless, but destruction to evildoers." We simply proclaim the truth of God. As we've said, you allow and understand that He fights for you. And sometimes, when you get to the battle, that you just looked like you knew was going to destroy you and was going to be too much for you. And you get there, and it's not even a fight. Yeah. Like how many times have you? gotten to a place in your life where you dreaded so bad, you, you lifted it up to God, you prayed about it, you, you get sent petitions to the Lord, and you get there, and what you knew just could not work out for good was already won. The battle Amen. was already victor- victorious because Christ was there.
0: Yeah, and, and here's the prayer. It, it, he says, Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that's coming against us. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you, and this is the this is the response right here, um, in verse fifteen. Well, there it is. And he said, "Listen, all Judah and its inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you: Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's that's pretty powerful stuff right there.
3: Yeah, I, I think of uh, also when the when the Israelites are brought out of Egypt, right? Remember when they crossed the Red Sea, what's one of the first things they do? They sing. And I think you got to think about that song must have been a really powerful thing, not only as a reminder of what the Lord did for them, but then as a declaration to any enemy that stood in the way. (laughs) We have a God who drowned the chariots of of Pharaoh and we're going to sing about him. I mean, I can imagine hearing that song in battle, you know, as a, as an enemy of Israel, if they started singing that one, it's like, oh man, they do serve the God who split the red the Red Sea and drowned the Egyptians in it. That'd be a a scary thing. And so we sing as a reminder, not not just for us, but to the world that God conquers Amen. and He saves. And it's a it's a call, thankfully, to God's enemies, who we once were, to come to Him to be reconciled to Him. Amen. Uh, Just a couple things, Um,
2: speaking of warfare, and when we were talking about the Bible and we were talking about praying, uh, to to me, those are two of the most powerful things that you can do daily is read read God's Word and study it, meditate on it. Don't just read it. Uh, Know what you read when you walk away and um, pray prayerfully, um, letting God know your petitions. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That tells me that we should be uh, reading our Bibles, like I said, daily. We should be meditating on it. We should know um, what we've read when we leave. and be able to uh, tell others about what we read, to be able to share that with your brothers and sisters, uh, the goodness of God. And praying um, in 1 John five fourteen, 14, um, and I, I said this in the prayer uh, podcast, but it's, it's, uh, it's powerful to know that when we pray for, pray according to God's will, he hears us. Um, first john 5 14 says and this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us the god of this universe the sovereign god of this universe hears us and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask we know that we have the request that we have asked of him that is powerful to know that god uh, when you submit to god to god's uh, uh, will to God's, um, sovereignty, knowing that God is the one, like we were talking about earlier, he's the one fighting your battles. He's the one who defeats the enemy. Um, our part is to, uh, seek God through prayer, through reading his word and through obedience to him. Um, doing those things, uh, is our, our part in, um, uh, spiritual battle that goes on around us
0: i want to read this quote that i've got um, from a book called worship beyond the hymn book it says worship is one of the most important things human beings can do not because it feeds god's ego but because it lines us up with him and against our enemy worship is an act of war it's also an act of participation strengthening strengthening our relationship with god and with each other in worship we declare that we are on god's side we declare this to God, to ourselves, to other people, and to the whole spiritual realm, or anywhere that where that warfare is taking place. Now, I, I I loved that because I think of a, and if we really think of warfare, we think of you know our idea of battle. The soldiers need to have the exact same alignment as their leader, or else they're in trouble when they get to war. And I think that's what worship is.
1: Well, one of the most Poorly destroyed, and we've all done it at some point. Uh, stories in scripture or events, I should say, is David and Goliath, right? Like, it's so, it's so abused, you know, you're not David, right? Like, we even all hear Chandler screaming it right now at Ferdix Church. But anyway, um, what we saw that I believe we can take from that is who we are in that story is the paralyzed Israeli army, right? Where the Jews on the you know, shaking in our armor yeah. as, as this big giant comes out. But what happens? What, is, what does our Christ do? What does Jesus do? He goes out, cuts the head of the giant off, stands on him, and holds his head up like a trophy. What does that do to the rest of the army that was f- afraid for their lives? Well, they then charge and run the enemy out to the ends of the earth until they're destroyed and placed under their feet, right? Okay. Well, this is how we fight. This is, this is our reality as Christians. Jesus has slayed the giant. He's already won. We fight, we fight from a victory that's already been attained. So we, we don't go out to get it. It's not all dependent on us. The pressure's off. We, we must simply be obedient, going in all these areas, understanding that the victory is the Lord's. And no matter what our end is upon this earth, we are led to eternal reward because Jesus Christ is King
2: we are led by God's spirit and his word um, what Aaron just said made me think But you know when we uh, encounter someone who does not believe you know and we lovingly gently uh, respectfully uh, <coughs> let them know that you know we love the Lord and this is why um, we stand on God's word uh, God does the rest it's not up to us to Um, convert somebody all we do all we are are messengers that um, um, we believe here at Eden Chapel that God's word has the power to change people's hearts Mm -hmm. and it's through and by God and God's spirit uh, through his word and so that's what we are to do uh, is simply tell others about Jesus simply tell others um, what's written in the word of God and God does the
3: rest Amen. I think worship simply would be to remind us that what are we to say to all these things when, when we worship together as a church family, together as a, a family in your homes, when you worship alone, when you open God's word and when you sing praises to him, when you pray, you're reminded of all that he is and all that he has done. And it's, I'm reminded of Paul's words in Romans eight. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. That's why it's warfare. Amen.
0: Gentlemen, as we're kind of wrapping things up, would you like to add anything to that? Um, Any closing statements here?
1: No, I I just think, I think understand that that we do fight from the victory and that our fear should be of the Lord, not of men, not of their opinions. That shouldn't sway us. Or even like, like you guys added, our own opinions. Sometimes we're so paralyzed in our own head that we don't go out in obedience. So... May we understand that the battle is the Lord's and, and that all things are victorious through him.
3: Understand that it's no small thing when you worship God. When you, when you choose daily to fix your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith, uh, whether, whether you're alone or whether you're with the body of, of Christ, no, it's no small thing. It is very significant and it will change. What's going on in your world, and so um, do it, knowing it's not something light, but something incredibly, incredible, something that we've been incredibly privileged to to be a part of, that God's called us to.
2: I just want to reiterate that it's um, everything that we do um, is a form of worship to the Lord. So uh, keep that in mind um, when you're reading God's Word, when you're praying, when you're coming to church and fellowshiping with fellow believers, and um, under the teaching and preaching of God's Word, um, just remind yourself that it is a form of worship and not to take it lightly.
0: Amen. We want to encourage you, listener, that as beautiful and sweet as worship is here at Eden Chapel, corporately or at your church, wherever uh, you go to your local fellowship, um, that it does extend outside those four walls. Amen. And and we want to encourage you and challenge you to take it outside of those four walls, just like G said in everything that you do, because warfare is all around us at all times. And so use that as your tool um as we align our minds to, to Christ Jesus
3: yeah. and our the hearts enemy to his will. The enemy doesn't just fight on Sunday mornings. Yeah, <laughs> he's not just 30. hanging
0: out here waiting yeah. on the corporate worship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's our challenge and our encouragement to you, and, and we hope that you've been blessed um, with our time together. Uh, if there are no final thoughts, Pastor Aaron, will you close us in prayer, please? Yeah,
1: sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you for the victory, Lord, for bringing us into a family such as yours unlike any other one that transcends this world onto the next that will never suffer loss because no one is mightier than you lord we we thank you for calling us into that truth for saving us for opening up our eyes to the beauty of who you are lord may we proclaim your lordship in every area of life may we not cut off and say that it ends here but may we be bold in our proclamation of the truth understanding that only the gospel sets men free. May we boldly proclaim it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.